Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are in a, a small cafe on an alley in Norway. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> what? what I don't know. It just tripped me up. All right. Uh. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the enterprise editor at the Times. Recently, Lane and I went to Norway at the invitation of Bjorn Nord, who runs a narrative conference in Bergen. Bjorn is a talented writer who launched the conference three years ago, and it's grown every year. This year, they attracted about 250 people who were hungry for help and encouragement. Lane and I asked Bjorn to talk about narrative work in his country and also to discuss the project he published earlier this year, a story called Five Feet Under. It's about a skier trapped after an avalanche and the efforts to rescue her. We'll post a link to the English translation with this podcast. Today's topic, narrative in Norway. Okay. So we're going to make it easy for you. We just want you to talk a little bit about... Uh, well, talk a little bit first about the conference and how this evolved. Why you did this? Why you got into this? Well, it started in 2016, uh, the winter of 2016. Uh, it was a huge crisis in the industry or the media, the media news organization here in Norway as well. Uh, so there were huge cuts, and um, actually at that time. Many of my colleagues uh, lost their jobs, and uh, uh, at that time I got a, an email from Mark Kramer, uh, which I think uh, those who are interested in narrative journalists, uh, many of them in, in the world and in the USA, they know him. He is the man behind the conference in Boston, and he was about to. He had built up a conference and and helped to build a conference in Amsterdam, and now he suggested to do something in Norway. And he got my name from a Danish professor, and so that was the, that was the start. He wrote a quite long email about himself and and came up with this idea of doing a seminar. And then we started to chat. And the day, um, a day, it was a certain day, it was a day when it was the darkest day I feel in my paper history, because, uh, or, or as long as I have worked there, and maybe in the, in the history of the paper, because uh, it was the day people, was, um, many of our colleagues would get the hard message that they had to quit or yeah so that was the day we decided to start up or go for a conference yeah so for me it was a personal uh, very strong personal motivation it was like fight or die or like uh, shut down the, the, the magazine department and they would shut down the magazine department a best friend photographer he left the paper and at 
one point I talk about with myself in one way because I, I, I've been a journalist since I was 16 years old uh, and I started to be conscious about narrative in 2004. I love this, it's my life and I've, I've read stories, I think stories. So it, it was very hard but when you lose your friends and everything feels ruined and you get those kind of depressive thoughts. But uh, I also, I'm also a fighter, you know, and I believe in this and the importance of this work. And I felt that I have uh, the stories, some of the stories I have done have impact and change. Uh, so I decided just to try out and fight for this, what I believe in. So the first year, uh, we built up a conference in two months. I got support from uh, the local university, a very engaged uh, professor or, or there. Uh, she helped me to, um, um, she, she, she supported it, uh, the foundings, and then also in other organizations in this uh, organization in this city. So they supported financially and uh, with some organizational you know, help and a location. So we invited people to come with a um, brief program uh, compared to today. Uh, we had Tom French coming over, we had Mark, we had um, several uh, good Norwegian speakers. Um, uh, one is in the board right now, Thomas Albu. And uh, uh, we had a two days conference. And we, we, only, we, we planned only for 50 seats the first year because it was the first time. And, yeah. But we sold out and we have to extend to 70, <laughs> first time as well. Uh, and it was a very, very good experience. People were, came with lovely feedbacks and uh, uh, gave a huge motivation to continue and a spirit. Uh, and I think the spirit started out then and, uh, with, with Mark, as, uh, Mark Kramer as a mentor. Uh, just, after a few, just after a few months, we started to plan the next uh, conference. <laughs> and those organizations decided to support us uh, next year too because of the success first year. So, and last year, the second year we did it, uh, we had 170 with uh, 16 speakers uh, from the United States. Um, um, and from Denmark, from uh, Sweden, from um, uh, Portugal, Norway. Yeah, uh, a terrific lineup that year. And uh, some of all, all of them top reporters, uh, world class. Some of them also, uh, or many of them. Um, and uh, now we are here for the third time, and nearly tripled. 260 we have this time and with lovely speakers from the United States, the best ones and the best one from Denmark and some good from Norway and a Swede and one from England. Yeah. And uh, it was such a magic event. Uh, I think this is, was the best. So I think in this year, uh, year by year, we have experienced that um, all the biggest news organizations, they know attend and uh, 
we got some terrific feedbacks last year. Some said it was the most inspiring conference they have been to, the most useful. Our goal is to be not that big, not the biggest, not the most glorious. Uh, or we want to be informal. We want to be use very useful, the most useful one. Uh, we want to be open. We want to be humble. We want to include. Yeah. So, you've been growing kind of the narrative bug around the country. You've been helping to inspire people to, that's so to go bold. there. I hope so. And that's, uh, um, if you look on the feedbacks last year, it felt like we helped the spirits. And this year, I, I, I was overwhelmed because there were feedbacks all the way from the, from the day one, from the first session to the last session, on the party, people came and hugged, and speakers came to me, you as well, and I saw you enjoy, and I saw the hugs, and I saw the conversations, uh, and also people said, one big part of this is to come together with others who share the same passion, and that is what creates the real magic feeling. And I think that is also creating the power and the inspiration. And the mix of this itself uh, is new great work. I think, I hope and think that will grow uh, many big projects and will really important work. So what personally drew you to narrative? And was was there a lot of narrative writing going on in Scandinavia when you? When you started started doing it, uh, yes, and uh, um, not a lot of, but I think there have been narrative writing for uh, years um, back to, but I think the consciousness about it uh, is is has increased uh, the last five to ten years and even more after this conference, and uh, I hope so. Uh, I feel so. Uh, but it's hard to measure, and uh, we have missed a place to gather and to... Uh, I think the answer is, we sold out of a few weeks. We could have probably more seats, but that, that to me it felt it's like a hunger for it. And uh, yeah, I think that's the best answer on the question. And uh, I think the consciousness about it, and um, the, uh, if you can call it Maybe it can be a kind of more like a wave, or we establish more culture for it, more uh, 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 more news organizations can establish their own culture. Uh, some already have it really good. Some of the papers, biggest ones, and they have it, and they need to what you say. Um, they need to. Uh, um, they need to take care of it, they need to uh, be, be aware of it, yes. they need to uh, be conscious about it, they need to point out maybe a group of reporters and, and one editor with that special uh, skills and who gets the responsibility to um, recruit new ones and yeah. 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 Do you have a hard time selling narrative to your paper? Or how did the people like your paper think about that? Uh, I think uh, I, what I missed, uh, we had, I think, a narrative uh, community in the paper before we, ha uh, we had to, sh to, to cut. And, but I think we are about to build it up again. 
and the, ner uh, the new uh, editor for our magazine, he is actually very uh, open and positive for this. He, he went to Pointer a uh, few months ago and uh, he is a very um, uh, skilled journalist himself and he's curious about it and um, he so i'm positive uh, i think uh, it's possible to rebuild after it comes it's possible to to, to come back uh, but i also hope uh, that uh, it, it, it opens up for more collab collaborative uh, environments that we can share with and, and uh, cooperate with journalists and sister papers more because this work needs more uh, more unity, more like that to It's very hard to succeed when you feel alone in a news organization. Um, uh, the more people who are share your passion and the basic knowledge and 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 get better skills step by step, it's like you you you, you pull, um, you challenge each other in one way and you learn from each other and you make we make each other better step by step so by sharing it's uh, you will be better yourself if you share that's my experience yeah what draws you personally to narrative what, what do you enjoy about the form and how do you think it's more effective than other storytelling why i think it's more effective uh, several reasons for that but i am I felt immediately when I started up this that it started to get a lot of more. I felt the reader engaged more uh, from the first uh, uh, poor article I made with more consciousness. But and and I also uh, when the digital age came, you could really measure these things. So it was like that when you did those stuff with um, uh, quality and dedication. And you pick the right uh, stories and team, and, and you could see this scored better than any other stories. And, and the reason is uh, like that. It's, of course, it's like you talk to to the reader in a different way. It's it's more like friend. It's uh, uh, it's like it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's about humans, um, people. <laughs> Love to read about other people and and, and human stuff and uh, uh, it, 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 it's it's, it's the, the total of the, all the skills you use in, when you write this stuff that reaches out. And, yeah, uh, I don't know if that's a good answer, but uh, um, for me myself, I I feel a lot of more engagement with readers when I just twist and do narrative things, and I tested it out. Uh, at an early stage, I did one article one time with traditional, and then I went on narrative, and it, it was like an explosion compared to a traditional one. And, yeah. I assume you feel more challenged as a reporter trying to do narrative work, right? Like the it's a higher degree of difficulty and um, to write narrative. Yes, to do to write narratives. Yeah, but for me now it's the uh, it's like that I. <laughs> I think it even can be harder to do a, a news story sometimes now because I want to do <laughs> everything as a narrative. narrative. Yeah, yeah, so I, sometimes I put in the narrative stuff in the news and, and, and confuse the editor a bit by that. <laughs> <laughs> Talk but, a little uh, bit about how readers react 
Tell mm -hmm. me about some of your readers' reactions to your narratives. Uh, the readers, they, um, uh, what I should do, uh, I should quote one, uh, I should quote them, but uh, uh, they, they, they take their time, they write uh, uh, even emails and, and of course a lot of messages on social media. Uh, they are very engaged in their feedback, uh, pointing out why uh, they like the piece, and um, they also point out that the readers are smart, smarter than many journalists actually think about, and smarter than the journalists themselves. And they point out also how often how skilled it is done, actually. And 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 and. Uh, <laughs> So it's fascinating, it is, because uh, today um, people tell stories themselves in social media, and to tell stories is to actually talk to each other in a way. They, they, they write more like they do when they talk to each other and have a party or dinner or meet up at the bar, as you say, where you got good ideas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think they can connect. Uh, they, they see themselves, of course, more in, 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 in narrative work. Uh, I would love to quote uh, one, of the, the, uh, one of the feedbacks I have, if, if you are interested. Um, they are actually... Uh, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Telling me the last piece uh, I did, they were telling me that they, they couldn't stop reading. They missed the the the, the, the gym and the tour at the gym uh, <laughs> uh, and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, but that was a quite special uh, story, though. But yeah. Um, Which and we'll include a link to the story in the podcast. So talk yeah. a, talk a little bit about Five Feet Under and. You were saying how you got the idea in the first place. Yeah, um, I got the idea from a news story. Yeah, uh, it was a plain news story about um, an avalanche uh, in uh, the mountains of Norway near Hardangerveda, it's called. And a um, young uh, woman uh, buried uh, 1.5 meter or 5 feet under the uh, uh, snow and um, it was quite a plain story about that it, her name wasn't mentioned she was anonymous and uh, so then I started to be curious because I searched up the report and I got the details about it uh, and, and that I never heard that uh, um, a person had survived in Norway for more than uh, for so many hours beneath uh, uh, the snow and uh, I actually started when I found out it didn't it, 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 the piece itself, uh, the news piece didn't say it was five feet under uh, it, it says it was like half a meter or 
Yeah, so I searched up because I got kind of, um, I started to think cinematically uh, when I read this report, even though it's a, a report, and I started to think, wow, if I get like goosebumps by reading an academic report, what can I do when I write it a narrative time? With, a, uh, with narrative skills and tools. So I saw a huge potential out of it uh, uh, from the first, uh, because it had this sensational dimension, but all those universal dimensions with volunteers uh, rescuing her, and a group of uh, friends on tour, and father and daughter, and uh, human against nature, uh, uh, a dog and human. Uh, there's so many universal connections here, so many things to identify with, and so many uh, great, uh, uh, yeah. Did everyone at your paper see it too? Like when you started saying, boy, I really think there's a great story here. I, could, I, yeah, um, um, I told about it uh, on a very early stage to my editor at that time, and he immediately responded uh, very positive, he saw the potential. <laughs> And if I got the access, uh, he said we should put all our efforts into this and we should try to use all the tools we can. We should do it uh, with a digital approach, telephone approach, using, um, uh, we should search up and try to find out what kind of uh, other tools we could use to, to fill in. Because it, it looked very, the potential was so huge in it, with all those dimensions I mentioned, the dog, the rescuers, uh, the volunteers, um, yeah. So, uh, then I got obsessed, that was um, uh, not easy, because uh, I couldn't, um, I had no phone number, I had no email, uh, and I had to go through the police at um, uh, Gailu, the local police officer, uh, uh, police officer. Uh, so I wrote an email, uh, very detailed, about me, where I'm working, what I wanted to do, in uh, what how my approach would be. I would do it in a narrative way, a detailed way. I would, my main goal was to um, was to lift the volunteers in Norway and and the work they do to rescue people, um, first of all. And uh, uh, that was the um, kind of thing uh, that gives a higher meaning for me to do it, a motivation. And, and motivation for them um, also to um, put so much resources in the story because this is important stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's important for the society and it's important to rescue lives. It's based. The, the most important thing in the uh, rescue system in Norway is um, they can't manage without the volunteers. So uh, I wrote that and it took a week. And then uh, I was at the board together with the board from this conference. Actually, we were um, we summed up the last year's conference. This was in in the spring of 2017, and uh, I got this phone call from Germany, uh, a, a German man with an accent. Uh, he spoke English with a German accent, and um, it's very friendly. And uh, this is Uwe Lange. Calling. Um, I just wanted to say we have read to your email and uh, we really loved your approach and we want to uh, share the story uh, in the way you uh, suggest. We have said no, said no to everyone, we have been offered money for this, uh, but we don't uh, want any fame. Our motivation is to 
lifts up the um, important issue you point out and share. So um, it started like that. With that access, uh, we took the next step. That was um, to uh, first connect with the dog. Uh, uh, you call it dog handler, yeah? yeah, the man who trained the dog. And so we visited him when they were a group. Uh, they are a group of um, uh, dog handlers. They meet up a couple of uh, times per week. They train nearly. Uh, train uh, the meet. Uh, they exercise 20 hours a week. More than uh, an athlete, uh, nearly more than an athlete. Uh, so we met met them there in the mountain, and uh, he was quite shy the first time. So it was just to connect and show them that we uh, paid interest to their work and wanted to enter their world and their environment, so we could understand how they work and how dogs act. So we saw the dog. We spent two three hours with them in the forest and. We took of the dog because we think we thought that if we brought photos to Germany at the first meeting with uh, with uh, Adina and her father that would break the ice so we traveled to Germany to Berlin and took the train from Berlin to uh, Leipzig where she studied and her father Uwe picked, uh, picked us up and we drove to her apartment uh, she had a uh, big cake, chocolate cake, and have the tea, and uh, uh, there were two cats, uh, two cats uh, were in the apartment, and uh, she was quite nervous, uh, I remember, but very friendly, and then we just sat down and we just talked in a formal way, and had coffee, and strawberries, uh, and then we, we, um, we said we wanted to show her some pictures. But before that, we saw a very uh, uh, interesting detail on the wall, and that was uh, a drawing of the rescue dog Ted. So she had a drawing of Ted, which she had never seen Ted before, because she was when she was found, she was she wasn't able to connect. She was like, I can I can come back to that, okay? But that drawing, she got. At the hospital, when she woke up at the hospital in Oslo after the rescue operation, and she, they flew her into the hospital, and and one of uh, her friends in the company in the tour group, she drew uh, Ted. She made a um, uh, drawing out of uh, Ted by seeing him on television and in papers because they wrote and, and there was the news about the stories and they were in the children's room at the hospital so she took the, the pencils and, and the stuff from the children's room and made that simple drawing and when she woke up the next morning the drawing was at, her, at the side of her bed at the table <laughs> so that she told us that when we saw that so I got that detail revealed a lot at that stage so the next thing we did was to start just because it's so far away usually I don't start interviewing people or, or more like we have more like a conversation I like more conversation way than not formal every time I try to connect by conversation and then I if I, ha I need specific things I just then I go into more in interview movies and, and movies and get those things so what I did uh, was to um, we had this conversation we had this cake and then we uh, took a walk in the park uh, nearby and and then she talked a lot more she liked to walk uh, and she liked to, to hike 
Um, and then we went back and then we asked if they had some photos. Oh yes, they had. And he had, he had also photos of her father. And he had been to Greenland um, with um, his buddies. Two of them, um, his best friends. They connected on Greenland um, on an expedition there when they skied over Greenland. So they got the idea to go on this tour to Norway after this tour to, to Greenland. And so he wanted to show those photos as well because it was a part of the background in this story. How the idea came up when the, this uh, man at around 50 years wanted to share the, uh, the joy and the adventure. That idea came up. Uh, and, and then Adina asked also, she had the same idea. So. But uh, so we got uh, the, the, uh, went more, a lot more talkative when, when they saw those photos. So we got more and more and more. It started already at the first uh, meeting there. So it was seeing the idea, and then it was getting her trust, and then yeah, you know, really. and you you explained yourself. You said, yeah. "Here's what I'm trying to do here," yeah. and then well, again, that's, I that's did. What I was hearing a lot of work going into the pitch. Yes. Yeah, what's in right. it for them? What yeah. kind of story you want to tell? And that's that's that was the reason why they said yes because it was so uh, um, thorough. It was so uh, detailed description of what the plan, what what we, what we were doing, and I also said at the first meeting. If we are going to do this, and if you um, uh, and you have said yes, I also need to know. Uh, I also need your patience. This will take time, and the more time I get, the better quality I can do. So that means I cannot force you to say say it like that, but I can. I need this. Uh, I need like um, uh, to feel like that I am safe with doing it and for such a long time because we have competitors that will probably try to reach you and yeah and at the first meeting they said no we are, we, we are going to, to do the story with you and your paper and so they shut down the other requests from that time how long did you work on the story from idea till print how long was that in total uh, 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 in total I, I would say it took me five to six months yeah and uh, after this this meeting I also started the research process uh, more like gathering and uh, it's uh, uh, facts and and background and logs and all all, all you need uh, about the factual things also and audio and yeah so and start writing in in in, in, in September so I, I wrote for First, I did the outline, and then I got the coaching. Yeah, uh, from uh, I coached by Skype with Tom French. Yeah, on structure. I wrote it in Norwegian first, and translated it into English, and sent it to him. And then we met face to face on Skype, and he, he was interviewing me on Skype. Uh, and, and when he, I could hear his typing when when we talked, and he asked me those questions as a coach do, and then he sent this this uh, purpose to. Uh, his not his purpose. His uh, he said uh, proposal. yeah proposal to to the outline to me and then we discussed back and forward and yeah ended up first with three um, three parts and but I extended it to four. Yeah. And, and real briefly, talk to us about the reader reaction and the prize you just won. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 readers reaction. They I remember that day. It was. First, 
I had some idea that it could be um, a very positive reaction, of course, you feel when you have a good story and you have those test readers. Good. So, but when it came out that morning, I started first, what we do here, did you catch that? Yeah. yeah. We started out and I stood up that morning, it was a Saturday. So I, 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 here we need to share the story in social media. So I, I, I got access to all those groups related to the team rescuing groups, dog handlers, organizations for Red Cross. So I spread it to them at 7 in the morning. And then I went out skiing. And um, it was a uh, county or a um, uh, ski town, a town one an hour um, uh, by car from Bergen, Boss, it's called. So we were skiing uh, and I took up my phone and after one hour I, I, I was so curious. I decided not to care too much. I said to myself, but I couldn't. I was so curious. So. And then I saw it just bum 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 bum. <laughs> With messages, with reactions, with phones, it starts ringing, and yeah. So it was like, uh, yeah. And it, I, mem I remember the last, uh, last message came on an email from a colleague in NRK, and 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 that was really. Uh, he took his time and wrote a long email. I could read it to you. Uh, and 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 his final quote in that: I hope you get an award for this. And you did. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Tell us the name of the award. The award is, um, you know, um, my company, my paper is in a company, uh, the biggest uh, news com company in, in Scandinavia called Shipstead Media. Uh, Shipstead Media owns uh, the biggest papers in Norway, VG and Aftonposten, and uh, big, big papers in Sweden, Aftonblad and Svenska Dagbladet, and regional papers in Norway. So it's a competition in this and the category best storytelling. So uh, it was a very um, yeah it was quite and uh, um, for me it, it was uh, worth a lot because this is the only uh, category with storytelling in Norway or else it's put into the yeah uh, we have to compete with all other stuff. So this was this, this uh, storytelling category. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, we're proud of you. We are. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay. If you have a question for Lane about any of her stories or would like to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. And please join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next episode. This podcast was produced by Denise Keenan. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.